August 17th. August be 17th. here now. Afro Man. Uh, Ron will be there doing uh, 2.22 songs. It is going to be 2.2 songs. Yeah. That's great. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. such a good word to say because there's two puzz in it and there's a y and yeah so you get the and you get and the y and you get the Ew. oh you hit every single vowel and noun all in one yeah even though there's only three i said vowel and noun <laughs> as those two things were like supposed to be together so. right yeah i want to buy a, a noun i'd like to buy a noun for seven <laughs> seven can I talk from the side? Pee, poo, baby, <laughs> baby, baby, poopy. Dude, you talk a lot, a lot of poop when you have a baby. There's seriously going to be a section of this podcast where it's just going to be us going back and forth like poop, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I'm going to try to throw it in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old skit. Yeah. You're not listening. Bro. How great were some of them old skits? Dude, if we do a podcast with Adam, we have to start it with, Dude, it's Randy, Ron, and Adam. I love, I love those, guys. those guys. Yeah. How about when Chloe was like, I love Randy, Ron, and Adam, Adam, Adam. That if, was dope. If, if we, yeah, that was so perfect. I mean, if, if, if I don't even want to say if, when we do the podcast with Adam, it might even be worth just playing that whole thing. Just so. Do you have it? Yeah, I got all of it. You have the old Randy, Ron, and Adam stuff? I have everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you have some of the old T4TC stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I I would like to say I have all of it, but I know I don't. But I have, probably have 75%. You have it. a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was stuff that you recorded that I never yeah, got yeah, copies yeah. of. But but that's great that you have a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Danny drives a caddy. <laughs> I'm a gangster. I'll shoot you in the face. Man. I just, it, I wrote that song while I was pooping. It, Not I, even I mean, lie. It, at some point, just because if we get like super comfortable and people are like really digging the vibe, I mean, we have to dig into the archives just to, I mean, we don't have to play everything. Like we don't even have to play a whole thing, but just for historical purposes, man, to show people like this was 23 years ago. We were, you were a teenager. Yeah. I mean, you were in high school. Yeah. Like this is, this is how we started doing comedy. One of my first like girlfriends when I was super, super young, mm-hmm. um, I made a mixtape for her. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't a mixtape of mixtape songs. Like most people would make a mixtape. It was me. With I had a 
I had a boom box with a microphone built into it. So I was playing instrumentals from another. And what makes it even so much better is some of those instrumentals were like deep forest. <laughs> so I'm, I'm making these songs for this girl with these crazy like jungle beats, yeah. you know, and yeah. I'm just like freestyling these silly songs. I'm literally probably like 11 or 12 years old. So this is, but we can take it back way further. Randy. MC Earth. MC Earth. MC Earth. Bro, that was second or third grade, whichever grade that Mrs. Lee was my teacher. Yeah. That was our first song that we ever produced. You was my producer. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was talking about like planets and shit. <laughs> my name was MC Earth. And I took that to school and let my friends hear it, you know? That is so great. Dude, that was second or third grade. So like this has evolved yeah. for a long, long time. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I was thinking about how great would it be if I could like get a copy of that mixtape because it was like a full cassette tape. I don't know if it was both sides, but I know for a fact it was like five or ten songs. <laughs> Just like one takes me being stupid. You right. Know? Yeah. Like it wasn't meant to be serious. Right. But I really did take this and hand it to her like, here's a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then what makes it so great is like years later, she's like, she's like, she's like, Ron, do you remember giving me that that tape? I was like, yes. I remember like how could I <laughs> how ever could for I forget something? Yeah, like but so. how great would it be to Oh dude. But my whole point is is it's great that you have a lot of this stuff from old archive. Yeah. You know. Oh man, that's that's just classic stuff. I'll never forget. We made a few dollars from mp3.comedy with some of that stuff. Yeah. Not a lot of money, but we actually got a couple paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That yes. was crazy, bro. Yeah. Crazy. It was so funny. Because I actually, at that point, they just came out with an adult section. Uh -huh. Oh, I, I remember this. I, I just downloaded a bunch of different porno movies where they didn't actually, like, talk that much. You only heard noises. And so I made this adult page and, and put up all these audio files as though uh, this was like a swinger community that re audio recorded all of their social gatherings. <laughs> And I, yeah, I made like $630 on one check because I was the number one in the porn section. That's crazy. Just pulling audio out of these <laughs> porn movies. That's crazy. This is 20 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That you, was was, ahead of, you was ahead of the time, bro. That was... Uh, That's funny. That's funny. That was before Little T, or right around the time of Little T. Oh, that's even funnier. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. We'll I have still to... have all that. We should edit a little clip in Bro. at some point, you know? I, that's the thing is... The build-up. The build-up. I just build don't up. think people understand how much historical context music has in our lives. Sure. You know? Sure. Even if it didn't start out trying to portray a good message or even be serious in any way, shape or form. Like we still had that desire and that drive, the creative drive, you know, the creative drive, right. To just do something creative. Yeah. Something that just, was on record. Yes. We you just had to I learn mean? how to cultivate it. We had Absolutely. to learn how to, how to do something right with it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this is the podcast. Oh, this is so the podcast. <laughs> you know, it just turned out that it way. It just happened. Whatever happens, we get. Whatever we get, we get.
that's the thing is we live by a life of like when i say this word i don't mean fruits and vegetables we live a life of just organic things being natural yes simple and organic less rules more spontaneous you know like absolutely well it's just so funny because we had went over how we wanted to start the podcast like 15 times like 15 knowing times. that we probably well i mean really though because we're just trying to give it a, a form right so right. i respect that right we was trying to fit a mold right you know what i mean right uh, and we really don't fit a mold anywhere else in our no, lives so i'm like i'm like that meme that it shows a picture of like um a bunch of uh cement blocks that are all like uh, symmetrically put together, like looking perfect, like someone just built this cool thing. But then there's one missing, and someone stuck a rock that doesn't fit. And it's like this is like this is what I look like trying to fit in with other people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> fit right there. Like, it just doesn't you can work. wedge me in there. You can wedge me in, but my I feet stick are, out. Right. I'll be sticking out, <laughs> looking weird, saying weird shit. <laughs> I'll be I'll be that guy that's like that you'll look at like what is this guy doing cuz I'm like looking off in like weird sections of the universe that most people don't look but I'm just like appreciating the small things right you know where you might look at me and say well, like you're talking to your wife like that guy looks weird like he's just like staring at that tree like there's some cool shit happening with that tree right now right. you know like you people know. we get so caught up in technology and i'm a tech head i'm a gadget guy like i i get it but we just get so caught up we forget that even without all the man-made things that allow just what we're doing here right now uh, even without all of this like you just said before we hit record like i just wish all of our conversations were recorded <laughs> because they're True. just organically good like True. It, not that we can't Try to have some similar conversations for the podcast, official we, podcast. We do have good organic conversations. Yeah, but you were just talking about how the world is a magical place, you know. Very. And it is, you know, just there's there's so many things that people take for granted uh, just because we get, we're so distracted by shiny things. And cell phones. Know, cell phones. Things. Which are a neat invention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're amazing. You have the the knowledge of the world in, the in, your, in your pocket. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. To go with what you're saying, though, every time I leave the house, well, first of all, I haven't paid for a cell phone in over a year. I have a Wi-Fi signal at my house. I do pay for Wi-Fi so I can use Wi-Fi on my phone if I need it. But I haven't paid for a cell phone in over a year. I think it's really going like a year and a half. And I love it. Yeah. So when I leave my house, like, I used to take my phone to the gym to listen to music. Now I don't even do that, you know. So now every time I leave my house, I just leave with my myself and maybe a couple dollars if I need money for something. But I usually don't even take money. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even think about money very often. So that allows me to be the guy that's looking at the tree. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I don't have my phone. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. not. That's... And I'm not saying I don't get on Facebook. I do a lot of promoting and and interaction uh, on social media when I'm at home. Right. When I leave home, 
I'm like enjoying the universe. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Every time. So it's, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. thing. I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, really excited, not just about this project, but like there's just so many projects that, that, that especially you, dude, you've been going so hard. Like you have enlightenedinstrumentals.com, which .com. is the, the beats, the instrumentals. I don't even like to call them beats. I feel like I still catch myself doing that it's, sometimes. It's, I, I mean, try to. We've been doing it for 20 years. It's right. hard to not. Right. So, do you want to give any information about the, the enlightenedinstrumentals.com? Yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of like I've had some beats up for a few weeks, but I've been so focused on getting some other projects done that I haven't even been much of marketing the, the instrumental page right now. So, basically, since I'm about to release um, Good Vibe Sessions Volume 1, it's kind of like the grand opening for the instrumental page. So right now, right. Uh, all beats are buy one, get three free. Oh. So basically, um, and that's on premium leasing, which means that's the WAV file of the beat. Um, you pay $40 for that, but you get three beats free. So basically, you're paying $10 an instrumental. Wow. So that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool deal, especially when you look at most producers are charging like 40 to $75 for one beat. Wow. To lease one beat. So that just basically, I know what it's like to be a struggling artist because I am one right now. <laughs> right? Right now. You know, I, I live off of rice, oatmeal, and crackers and eggs, and I love it. Uh, but I know what it's like to be a struggling artist that's in need of quality instrumentals. So this is kind of like the platform for that. So basically, um, when I release this album, it's going to be 12 instrumentals, and I'm releasing it for $59.99. So that would be like $5 a beat. Wow. With all, with all leasing, premium leasing, uh, you can make money off the songs. and you know. So an artist could literally record a whole album of music with their voice over it legally for $59. For $59. $59.99. Wow. Um, and with the rights to make profit. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, yeah. So that, Nothing like that existed when we were getting started. Oh, my God. 20 years ago. Dude, like 15 years ago, I was, I, I was selling beats for like $400. Not a bunch of them. Right. But I sold a couple beats for almost $500. Right. You know, it's not to say you can't do that because that was exclusive rights. You know, the platforms are different. There was no such thing as leasing a beat back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it, it, makes it, it makes it neat for the producer and for the artist. It saves the artist a ton of money. Right. And it allows the producer to resell the same beat but to also make it affordable for an artist right so it's Which a is, good platform for both it's for both. beautiful really it's beautiful like, absolutely and it and i in my opinion i think that you have a unique style and that i feel shows in that album as well you know and and all of all of your instrumentals so far to me like have a unique style specific to the way that you make music now. So not just the enlightenedinstrumentals.com stuff, but also like you, you've released a couple CDs outside of that already just in the last year. This is pretty dope actually, dude. Yeah. So once I release good vibe sessions, volume one, mm -hmm. right. That'll be three full length albums within a four month period. So Be I went back too far. I shouldn't even have said a year. Check it out. Check I should have said like, 
two days. <laughs> because, well, I can say this because I released um, Enlightened Music Volume 1, The Awakening, which is like a really cool, uh, just good vibe, mostly instrumental stuff. There's like some chorus tracks on some of the songs, but it's mostly just good vibe instrumental stuff. Yeah, um, I agree. It's I released beautiful. that on 412. So on April 12th. So basically... I can't believe I forgot that. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, you're good. So, But the whole thing is, is volume two of that series, because I'm doing a complete series of um, just good vibe instrumental type tracks. I'm releasing that toward the end of next month-ish. <laughs> I had to do it, man, you know? <laughs> so, but what's cool about that is, and I'm not like patting myself on the back, even though I just kind of patted myself on the back, visually you know but like next month that'll be um four full-length albums within a five-month period so that's really really cool but that just basically is a reminder to myself like dude you've been busy as shit right like yesterday i pulled a 19-hour day you know what i'm saying like i don't do that every day but i do that a lot right i've 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 seen you focus but i've never seen you this focused and, Dude, I've, the focus and I've is seen crazy. you creative, but I've never seen you this creative. And I've seen you passionate, but I've never seen you this passionate. And I've seen you put yourself into your music, but I've never heard music to me that actually sounds like how I feel about you. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's I've always man. respected you. your music, but this to me feels like your music. Thank so. you. Well, in the past, you know, my music was what I thought other people wanted to hear. Right. For the most part, you know, and it was egotistical driven music, you know, it was just the same shit that everyone else was doing. Right. You know, I would sit down to make a a beat or instrumental, whatever you want to call it. How can I get the bass to be as loud as it can be? So the people driving them cool, you know what I'm saying? Like this is just the mentality of, of the people that make this kind of music. I was one for years and years. So I'm comfortable speaking on this. You know, I would sit down and make this, hard hitting bass song then i would write some silly chorus about drugs and and women but i wouldn't say the word women you know like right. i mean and it right. was just stupid man and i did right. it for years and years well it was a, it was a part of a culture that i got caught up in at a young age right you know and i'm not down in anyone that uh no, no this was I a mean, path that, was... that i was on for a long time i'm just saying it was an egotistical path i'm glad i snapped out of it right you know, right. I, I can see it for what it's worth now. Right. And when I hear music that's like the music I used to make, it's bullshit. Right. And I don't want no part of it. Right. You know, uh, I was I was talking about drugs and selling drugs and like promoting this stupid lifestyle. And this is what our children fucking listen to. Right. Well, it's what we listen to. Well, absolutely. That you was know. like a big part of why I did it. Right. I thought it was like the way to do things. You see what I'm saying? So right. now it's like, that's why like this, this huge part of me is so driven to put out a different message that revamps all that bullshit, man. And, and it's like that song that's on my last album I just put out, like, this is my redemption. Right. You know, like this is to clear up the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's beautiful. That was wonderfully said. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have that recorded. Because, <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel the same way, man. I feel like I don't feel responsible, like 100% responsible, but I was the oldest in the family, you know. And a lot of the reason why I think any of us were exposed was because I brought it in. 
you know, just being the oldest person, wanting to be popular, wanting to listen to what everybody else was listening to. You know what I mean? It was I mean, the thing to do, man. It was the thing to do. But, I, you know, I, I... I didn't just hear it with you. I'd get on the school bus, and all the cool kids were banging Bone Thugs in Harmony. I mean, right. that's just what was happening at the time, you know? Right. And I'm not down on Bone Thugs and Harmony. One right. of the coolest groups right. They had a, a decent vibe. Right. They talked about a lot of bullshit, though. Right. You know, imagine what... A group like that with that much creativity and passion and, and their own unique style could have done if they had like a great message behind their music. Right. Imagine what Absolutely. that imagine what that would have done uh t- to the consciousness of millions of teenage kids. Right. That instead of saying, Hey, go out on the East ninety nine and sell drugs, right, you know, and smack bitches. Right. Imagine if you know they would have been talking about shit that mattered. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's just my problem with music. I was my own problem for so long and, and, and wasn't aware of it. You know? Artists are influencers. Absolutely. You know, Huge influencers. The, the biggest influencers, you know? The biggest influencers. I mean, when you look at the history of music, especially around the anti-war times, you know, not that long ago, artists back then were speaking truth to power. You know, they were questioning the narrative, questioning the status quo. Absolutely putting truth, their version of truth, whether you agreed with it or not, they weren't saying something just because they thought it would sell, or they weren't saying something just because it was popular to say, or they weren't saying something just because they thought it would up their cool points. I mean, and not that sometimes all those things didn't go along with it, but they were, I think it was before music was completely co-opted by, yeah. by the corporate world. I mean, war... War is profitable. There's a lot of people in the world that profit off the death and destruction of... There's of, companies right now that probably hope we go to war. Absolutely. There's companies right now, right now that are lobbying for war. Absolutely. There's a, a good argument to be made that, you know, after World War One, they saw how profitable war was. And that's actually what brought... America to the forefront because mm. they were making weapons and tanks for everybody in the war. These corporations, they weren't just making them for the American military. They were making them for and selling oh, wow. them to everybody. So, you know, I think that really opened the eyes of uh, people that had influence over it. There's, there's, there's too much consolidation of power too much profit to be made for them not to have you can debate how much influence you might think they have and that might be debatable but there's too much going on there to try to pretend that they have no influence yeah you know what i'm saying i mean that system exists for a reason you know i mean when you look at how connected cheney was to Howard burton you know when when george bush was in office I mean, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm just talking off the cuff, so I don't want to throw numbers out, butcher myself and pay for it in six months when somebody listens to this for the first time. And they're like, no, it wasn't a hundred billion. It was only 78 billion, <laughs> you know? So, People I mean, I'm not trying, yeah. So I'm not trying to like commit to anything going off the cuff, but I mean, do a little bit of research, you know, don't take anything that I ever say on here as, 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 you know, the gospel 
because not only could I get something wrong, but, you know, especially on this episode. In future episodes, I'd like to be able to have a little quicker, better access to pull something up, but especially in these episodes, like, um, don't take anything that I say at face value because I'm going off the cuff, so. Basically, we don't have computers right in front of us that we're just back and forth. We have computers, right. but they're not. They're not really set up to be reachable. easily accessible. Right, right. To be pull just something easy up access. Right. Really easy. So, but yeah, you know, do a little bit of research. I mean, I think it's common knowledge for most people that at least we're alive and paying attention. Here's what's crazy. Think about this. This next presidential election will be the first time that people who were born after 9-11 will be able to vote. Ooh. Why do I think that's just going to throw some shit off yeah. for the system, for the man? Right. I don't think they're ready for that one, bro. Right. You know, that might be a good thing. You know, I'm not a voter. No offense. I just don't believe in this system to vote for any part of it. Right. It's almost like giving it your consent by Absolutely. participating. I would like to see a bunch of voters uh, that had a different mindset than what the right. voters have now, I yeah. guess is what I'm trying Me to totally. say. Me totally. I agree. I think if you vote for a Democrat, uh, the Democratic Party will use violence to enforce their ideology and laws against peaceful, non-aggressive people. I think if you vote Republican, they do the same thing. So my opinion, no matter who you vote for, you're voting for violence and death. Mm. And if you vote for a third party, they don't have a chance of winning. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I agree. <laughs> you know, like I said on the pilot episode, man, you can't fix a broken system by voting to keep the same system. Right. You know, right. there's got to be another way. And like we said I don't know what the answer is. No. But there's got to be a better answer. Better, yeah. There's got to be a better answer. Like, um, I, I just put a post up. It was, uh, you know, are you aware that, uh, that five children a day are still being stripped from their families at the American-Mexican border? Right. By our government. Our, right. You know, you've got these people that are poor and starving, and they're just trying to find a better way coming to our country. But just like someone else said, any living organism that's in a shit place is going to try to find a better place to live. Right. And that's all these people are doing, man. Survival instinct. Survival instinct, you know. So for us to, like, take their children away is, is not the answer. Right. That's just not the way to be, man. Right. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I get fired up about that. You know, there's just got to be a better way. I don't know what the answer is. And that's the, you know, that's my whole complaint with most of the system. The system's not built. This is my opinion. I don't think the system's built around finding the best f answer for what benefits the common or less than common person. The system's kind of built around what's best financially for people that have influence in the system. You know, I mean, Princeton done a study that showed that basically the United States is not a democracy. It's an oligarchy, which means that business has more influence in our government mm. than the people do. They actually found that the only time the government would actually do something that was in the interest of the people is if it aligned with the interests of the business at the same time. So the only time the government... Is if it's profitable. If it's, if it's profitable <laughs> for business. Right. And this is a study by, you know, if you respect the educational system, the institution that's out there, like this is a study done by Princeton, one of the most respected colleges in the world. 
renowned. basically telling you now that your your government is an oligarchy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where we are. You know, I don't. It doesn't get talked about in the mainstream, and I, you know, so many young children. Well, not even children, just people. So many young people now look to the internet to get their information, but the world is still populated by a lot of older people that get their information in traditional ways. And, you know, I don't, I don't mean this negatively, but it's almost like it's spoon fed to them. Right. You know, it, it, it goes along with that old saying, and you hear it a lot of times, anything that's easy probably isn't worth doing. To me, that transfers over to information. Any information that's given to you probably isn't worth that much. Right. And I'm not saying there aren't exceptions, but in the corporate media, these media outlets are owned by mega corporations that it's that, not in their interest to give you the truth. Right. Well, it's, it's in their interest to control your perception in the way that they want to, you to perceive things. Right. So the information that they're giving you is is... For a reason, right? You know, it's right. it's mind control, right? I like this saying that says, uh, "If you don't realize you're being brainwashed, then you have been successfully brainwashed." <laughs> right? You know, I like, I feel the same way. You know, and I I I'd like to think that I, I'm aware of the way that my mind completely works, but I know that I'm not. You know, I know that there are still things that have happened in my life that have a subconscious influence on the way that I perceive the world that I don't even understand yet. Sure. You know? Naturally. But... Naturally. Here's the thing. Most of my life, I feel like I live blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just about having fun in the moment, which is, which is fine. You know, those moments are important. But, like, that was all. Like, there was no analyzation of the world there was no analyzation of myself. It wasn't looking at things that I had done previously and really been critical of myself and try to basically just pick out the bullshit right. and the hypocrisy. And I feel like once you really start digging in and, and trying to fix the bullshit and the hypocrisy in your own life, you start to see it in other places. You see it everywhere. Because once you start cutting bullshit out of your life you don't want bullshit in you any don't aspect. want it from any form right and you start to see it everywhere and then you just realize how much the world is built around that bro you that's know? so true we've had this exact conversation multiple times where we have both just said you know we cut the bullshit completely out whether it's you know not to say we don't ever eat bullshit food but for the most part you know we try to be aware of what we put in our bodies we try to we're aware of the music we listen to we right. don't want we don't want to listen to bullshit you know right we are aware of the film we watch we don't want to watch bullshit we try to educate and document not to say we don't ever watch a movie but we just try to be aware of right everything we we put into our body right um, it's, it's, it's all important, important I well think. the power of influence is is very very real like we was talking earlier right you know it's very real man. it is very real you know and and so real that as an artist, I mean, I feel like you are doing the responsible thing. Like, you understand what the influence is. Thank you. And Finally, it took a lot of years. Right. You know. But everything changes over time. And when you are in more control over what changes in your life versus allowing something else to control what changes in your life, especially when that change is positive, 
You know what I mean? But like you said, it, it, it starts with cutting the bullshit out of your own life. Right. You know? Right. That year I spent in jail, it gave me a lot of time to self-reflect. And right. to see myself for what I really was. And then to start seeing the world for what the world really is. You know, I had had my body full of drugs since I was 13 years old. Right. You know, I'm now like much older than that. And these, my, so my whole, my whole childhood, once I started smoking pot at the age of 13, there might've only been a handful of days that I didn't go to school on at least pot for the rest of my education. Right. You know, but my whole point is, is I cut the bullshit out of my own life. And that's when, when things got better, man, I just Absolutely. I seen the big picture, you know? Yeah. And I'm not anti, I don't even like to use the word drug or anti-drug because everything gets lumped into the same right. category. Right. You know, you have pharmaceutical drugs that are made to be addictive versus plant-based drugs that could debatably be just be called medicines, right. you know, that really don't have addictive properties. Not that addictive personalities can't get addicted to anything. Sure. But as far as the physical addictions that come with pharmaceutical drugs, there's, you know, those drugs shouldn't even be lumped into the same category, right. I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm not anti-drug, but I do, you know, at least think that I understand based on information that I've read you know, that the human brain, especially for males, doesn't stop developing until like the mid-20s. And so when you put certain chemicals into your body, basically drugs, right. and you do it repeatedly at a young age, that can stop the growth of your frontal lobe, sure. which is responsible for like decision-making and risk-taking. And, and so, you know, I fall into the same category, you know, not exactly the same category, but uh, fall into the category of probably stunting my own mental growth due to uh, just being under the influence of different things for a, right. a, a long period of time. And so, I don't know, it was just amazing because I, I saw how much your brain changed. I remember the year the, bro, that I you remember, got out. I remember, I remember because you come pick me up and visit when I had to do the, uh, when, because I was facing prison time. so. The, uh, I actually, my lawyer was like, um, sign this deal. This is the best you're going to get. If you sign this, they can't give you any more than three years. Uh, I signed it. At this point, at this point, I had been in jail for like eight or nine months. I had already realized that I was in trouble for a reason, and I was, I was okay with that. Like, I just wanted to, to move on and, and to to just get this over with. I, I trusted his judgment. I signed it a few days later. So at this point, I think I'm facing up to three years in prison because I am. So I'm, I'm like asleep in my cell one day and uh, an officer comes and wakes me up and he's like, hey, I got mail for you. So I take the mail. And at this point, I open the mail and it's a letter from my, from my lawyer saying, hey, I've got you accepted into this, this drug program. Uh, I got a lady coming to evaluate you in a few days. If she accepts you, you can go to this rehab for 30 days and and then this halfway house for like a year. So it just, at this point, all of a sudden, I went from facing three years in prison to now I may be able to get out much sooner. So right. Uh, I don't even know why. And, why and, in, and get into a system that is more geared towards 
you know, it's debatable whether or not it's a good system, but at least it's not just prison. Right. You know, it's a system right. that's geared towards treating addiction. Good, and Exactly. And that's exactly what it was. So right. that was, so that was really cool to know that there are programs out there like that because over 50% of people that are jailed and imprisoned are for drugs. Right. Uh, not, not even really just selling, but just possessing. Well, and yeah. A lot of those are, are just marijuana. <laughs> One in six prisoners is in jail for marijuana. Right. Marijuana that is now legal in right. multiple states. Right. You Dude, know. there are people that are in jail for life because it was their third strike getting caught with marijuana. Right. Imagine being in prison for life for a product that you can now walk into a store and buy that you weren't even selling. You weren't even selling. It's not like you were you were distributing or or influencing other people. You might have just had a roach in your pocket. Imagine getting arrested for having a roach in your pocket in a three strike and then state. going to prison for life because mm, that's happened. Oh, dude, that's it's happened. Happened. That's happened. Yes, that is so jacked up. That's it, happened. Yeah, that exists right now. Right, there are people in there right now mm. that are probably in states where it's legal, and they're watching marijuana commercials on television while they're in jail for life. For marijuana. Wow. <laughs> and that is why I will not vote for this system. Right. You know, seriously. Right. Back to where this was going is, you know, you're absolutely right. That's really cool that they did have a different type of system geared toward recovery. Right. You know, because, yeah. you know, even though I was peddling drugs on a minor level, I was a very, very strong addict. When I got, when I got caught, actually, okay, right now I'm like 200 pounds. and when I got caught, I was like 143 pounds. Right. I I hadn't been that small since I was like a freshman in high school. Right. I looked like a character from The Walking Dead. Like seriously, I looked like death. It was bad, bro. Like I, you know, at this point, I was on a heroin binge for over two years. So wow. at this point, I'm literally shooting dope into my body, like with needles. This is crazy. Like, I don't even like needles. Right. Like, I go to the doctor now to get a needle, and I'm like, get that thing away from me. Right. How was I doing this to my own self? Like, it was madness. Right. It was madness. And, and it all started, you know, like when you said uh, you're, you're in your early 20s and your brain's still developing. When I was in my early 20s, at this point, I'm strung out on Oxycontin prescribed by a doctor. Right. <laughs> that was promoted and pushed by a pharmaceutical company named Purdue, Purdue Absolutely. that were giving doctors kickbacks and telling them that it was non-addictive. Non-addictive. So fucked up, dude. Yeah. Like, seriously, you know, it's just really crazy because now I can see it for so much more than what it is. At the time, I was so grateful that I was able to find a doctor to give me these things because, you know, oh, man, I need this. You know, whatever. Like, that's just the drug-seeking mentality. So right. now it's like, oh, this is great. But now it's like, are you... Are you kidding me? Right. Like, I was able to get this, and, like, I told you this. Right. It wasn't even this serious. Like, what testing did we even do to see if I needed this shit? It was way too easy. It's not It's not now. I will say this. I think they've made it quite a bit harder at this point, because maybe with lawsuits and shit like that, a lot of doctors have gotten in trouble. Times have changed a little bit, but they still push these drugs on people. Oh, Do yeah. not get it twisted. Right. It's just a little bit harder to get the shit. Right. But I tell you, like, they don't make methadone hard to get. 
You know, right. so it, they just replace is, it. You know, you, it, they make it easy to get these things. You just may not get exactly what you want. You know? Right. Well, but, I mean, explain to people what methadone is so they know. Well, I was I was on methadone multiple times. I'll tell you how bad it got for me. I was actually able to play my doctor for multiple months. Now, I just, I sound stupid saying this because I'm just such a different person these days. This is eight years ago, okay? But this is true. This is my truth. Like, this is an absolute in in the middle of my addiction. So I'm getting prescribed Oxycontin and I'm getting prescribed a, a benzo. I'm getting prescribed Klonopin at the same time. Flooded with drugs, multiple prescriptions of oxys, not just one. But I found a way around this doctor where I was going to a methadone clinic and also getting methadone. Wow. Now, now they were getting mad at me because I kept giving dirty urine screens at the methadone clinic, but they still kept giving me the shit. Right. And methadone is supposed to help with Oxycontin. Methadone is supposed to be for withdrawal symptoms. But I'll tell you this right now. Like... Even for that small period of time where I was able to go back and forth, I actually did go take methadone just by itself for a few months. That shit is so crazy potent. Like, I've done methadone off and on years and years ago, and I knew how how strong it was. But what I'm saying is, is like, that's like one of the go-tos that that they push on people to, you know, to get off these drugs and if you know anything about this shit, you know that it's like so strong, it's ridiculous, dude. Like, really? and these places will, will, and I'm not saying there's no good in methadone. I'm not. Right, right. I'm not just down in it. Like, there can be some it, good. It helps if, some people. If probably. you can have goals with it and stuff. But right. the thing is, is they let people get on this for years. There's right. people that's been at the methadone clinic for years. And I'm not talking bad about you if you're one of them people. Not at all. But my whole thing is, this is, a beef with the system. They shouldn't allow that. Right. This ain't right. a beef with the people that's on it. Right. This is a beef with the system. Like, right. they should not allow that. There should be goals. Like, if the whole point is to give this medicine to get you off this shit. That's not the goal, though, ultimately. The, uh, no. The goal is profit, dude. It, so, who who profits from Oxycontin addictions? Pharma. Sure. Who profits from helping right. people get over their Oxycontin addiction right. by giving them methadone? Suboxone, which I've or also been, which I've also been prescribed, right. which you know I go to rehab, and at this point, excuse me, at this point I'm I'm still getting prescribed oxycontin. Matter of fact, dude, this is a crazy story. Since we're talk, I don't want to talk about drug stories very often because I just don't like reliving this shit. Okay, but this is a really crazy story. Like this is how sick I was when I called to get into rehab. They was like, yeah, we'll accept you. Well. I didn't want to go just yet, as anybody that was in my situation didn't want to go right then. Plus, I knew that I had scripts of Oxycontins coming in like two weeks. So if I can just get them to accept me in two weeks, that's golden for me because then I know I got this crazy amount of drugs coming one more time. But that one more time could be my last time, especially knowing that I'm about to go get clean, air quote. Like, I'm going to go like extra hard, take extra too many. Like, it was just, that's the mentality of a drug addict. So stupid. So my whole point is, I scheduled out for two weeks so that way I can get my last prescriptions. Uh, so mind you, I'm just way overdoing these drugs for multiple days. But I got mom and I've got my baby's mother with me. And we went to Fazoli's on the way to rehab. And pretty much I don't remember anything after that. I just remember them like picking my head up out of the plate. Wow. 
Well, it gets worse. So I get to the rehab center and I fell asleep on the intake floor. Like I didn't just like fall asleep. Like, like I fell down, nodded out. Like you're not waking me up asleep for a minute. You see what I'm saying? Like this is me at the rehab place. This is how bad off I was. I was inches away from death. Like this is how crazy it was. I had a pocket full of pills and I remember thinking this is the last time I'm ever going to be able to take pills. So I took them all right before I went into the rehab place. And I remember I dropped one on the ground and it's like a $30 pill. And I remember I had my baby's mom was like, what are you doing? And I'm, I can't explain to her. Like, I just lost one of these things and they're worth so much money. I'm trying to, you know, it's, this is how sick I was, dude. Right. I just took enough that probably kill five grown people. Wow. I go into the rehab place and they're waking me up off the floor. Okay. Wow. That's how bad it was. So my whole point to lead into this story is I'm that bad on drugs. So then I go there and they give me this crazy dose of Suboxone. Now all of a sudden, like, I'm on three Suboxones a day. So you've taken me off all these Oxycons a day. But then you've just given me three Suboxones. It's just so, it's a weird, it's a weird system, man. It's, it's weird if you think about it from the perspective of the really trying to ultimate. And I'm not saying that there aren't people that work in that system that really don't want to help. But what I'm saying is these systems aren't run. They're not set up and administered and managed by people that are the people that you meet that are trying to help. They're, they're run by CEOs of corporations right. that, that profit. Uh, A lot of the people that work at these places have great have intentions. great intentions. But the people that are in the high ups yeah, the people don't have that, the best of intentions. That, no, right? the, no. Here's the thing. If, if, if people don't understand you know, about these large corporations, they, they, they want expansion every year. It's not like they think, oh, we made profits this year. That's great. Every year, they, their goal is to make 10% more mm. than their highest profit previously. So it, that's not any different with, you know, pharma or the military industrial complex or, you know, these are the, the corporations that have the most influence in Washington. You know, pharma is the biggest lobbyist by far in Washington. I Make mean, twice, yeah, right. they, 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 they spend twice as much money lobbying as the person that spends the next amount of money underneath them. And that's like the tobacco and firearms. <laughs> so, you oh, know, it's so weird, man. If, if, if you don't think, if, if you don't understand how much influence that, that these companies, these mega corporations. Aren't know, we one of the only countries that allow advertisement from big pharma there's TV. two yeah us in new zealand wow yeah yeah you can watch a commercial that literally tells you what to say when you go to your doctor to get this drug it's crazy bro that's are, so are you, i never thought of it like that that's really strange yeah do you do you not sleep Does wow. you, you know they they tell you they give you that all of the symptoms is what it is that's subconsciously saying this is what you say yeah if you want this shit yeah, go dude, get it they're Dude, wow. they're legally selling drugs in between TV shows. Wow. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. I don't watch much TV these days either, but dude, that's so right. That's yeah. exactly what they're doing. Yes. Man, I'm just so glad to be out of that crazy system. Right. Out of the drug-seeking mentality where I wake up and I got to you know, dude, it and got I'm so, so glad. Dude. It, it, like, this is how bad it got right before, you know, like I said, 
I don't even want to get into drugs probably any more on any other ones as my own stories. I just don't really care to talk about it too much because it would just be too much to talk about. Like it's so much of my life. Right. There's so much other well, I mean, shit going on. If it fits on. into a conversation yeah, yeah, and you yeah, think yeah, it might yeah, go yeah, in. Sure. But, yeah, but for people, you know, this is a, the first podcast and a lot of people might not have any point of reference on, on how bad it was for you in the past. You're right. You you're know, right. So. No, you're, you're right. I'm just being hard on myself. I, I'm my own worst critic in every aspect of whatever I'm doing, you know? Right. But, um, it got so bad, like toward the last few months before that first rehab stint in 2009, at this point I had been on Oxycontin for like eight or nine years, but I was able to like sleep through the night for those eight or nine years. And then when I'd wake up, well, then I would, do a bunch of drugs to get to keep from being sick and just Basically feel normal. Basically, just to feel normal. Just to feel normal, right? right? But that I would have to do that immediately when I woke up, you know, before I ate breakfast or any of that. But it got so bad toward the last few months where now I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm snorting a pill that cost me thirty dollars just to go back to sleep, so I'm not sick while I'm sleeping. That's how bad it got. Wow, you know. Very bad, man. It got really, really tough for me. And that's a shitty way to live. It is. That's a shit. You can't have goals and aspirations. You can't. Your only motivation is more drugs so you're not sick. Right. So, you know, when you're doing drugs that cost 30 to $80 a pill and you need two or three of them a day. Right. Make that make sense. At this point, you have, I mean, really, at this point. There's only a couple of choices you have. No jobs paying for that type of drug habit. No, no job. No. You know, you just you know, I had no choices. I'm not, I'm not gonna say I had no choices. I made bad choices, which gave me bad options for more choices. It's just a, a fucked up it's situation. A, it's man. a it's a cycle. A very bad cycle. Yeah, it's a cycle that uh, that's hard on everybody involved. You know, oh, God. it's it's hard on it's hard on family. It's hard on friends it's hard on obviously the you and you know anyone else that's suffering from the same situation i mean it's it's just it's so you don't make conscious decisions no when you're in a drug cycle like that no i mean if you you, you just you, don't no you don't have morals you don't make consciousness i was literally i will say from the time I got hooked on Oxycons, I might as well say I was roaming the world unconscious. A zombie. Literally. Yeah, like a zombie. Like yeah. a zombie. Yeah. Seriously. You know. Yeah. It got really bad. Right. I mean, how do you how do you spend time I mean, you spend so much time, not you specifically, I'm just saying as as an addict, you know, that's that's in heavy. You spend so much time just trying not to feel sick. Just trying not that, to feel sick. That you don't you don't even worry about the basic necessities of life. You don't even you don't think about your your meals or or where you're going to stay or maintaining healthy relationships or even the healthy physical appearance or even hygiene. It can get so bad where you stop focusing on your hygiene. Right. Because when I got to doing heroin, hygiene was not the first thing I was worried about. Right. I take two or three showers a day when I'm a conscious human being. Right. You know, like, I don't wear the nicest clothes. I don't care to do that. But I am one of the most cleanly people that I know. Right, know, right. As far as, as, far as clean. Right. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Right. It's a sign of spiritual purity. 
so I'm very clean. So that just lets you know, like, and I'll tell you something that stuck with me from a good friend of mine who's now facing multiple years in prison. He seen me bad off and how bad I got, and he pulled me to the side one day, and he said, Ron, dude, like, what happened? Like, you used to take three showers a day. And that hit me. As soon as he said it right then, it hit me. Like, hold up. What is going on here? Right. Like, he just pulled me aside to tell me this. Something's not right. But at this point, like, I'm a heroin addict. I got, I'm, I'm hearing him for a second, and then I'm going back to, like, chasing heroin. It was bad, man. It got really, really bad. Like, I was on a, a path of destruction. I'm glad we talked about this because it needs to be known. I was saved, literally, uh, and it was divine intervention, you know, completely. The universe saved me from myself. I thank the police officers that were involved. I thank the people that were involved in the whole situation. I'm glad I got called. It was divine right. intervention. Right. You know, after that, things got great. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm spending time in, in jail, but, like, I became my true self again. Right. You know, like, I had a great awakening to the bigger picture. It was a beautiful thing. So divine intervention, and it was divine timing, like. Dude, this these visions we're manifesting are, are amazing. Oh, dude. This I shit's mean, crazy. Like, I mean, really, it's really, really crazy. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, we had went from being out of contact for a long time towards the end of everything that happened to it wasn't because, like, I didn't want to be a part. You know, it just it hurt me too much to watch it happen. As soon as I knew that it was it was going on, I mean, I was I was right there. Like, there Bro. was nowhere else I'd rather be. And so... It's it's just been to me it's been such a beautiful and amazing like it's almost like watching a butterfly come out of a cocoon. Nice. That's just, how we got started on this. Yeah. Okay, Talking I about wondered your why development we got, over that year cuz you've seen it cuz I remember I've, you I've telling me it, like dude. you was like Ron dude like I can tell there's a lot going on in your brain just since last week. Yeah. I remember these conversations. Yeah. Like and that's when you were saying the part of your brain doesn't fully grow. I could tell shit was going on. I could tell. I that could I was, tell. It was crazy, bro. I remember you picked me up in Anderson, like, bro, I'm like, this is really weird. <laughs> you look at me like, this is strange, dude. He's like, I can tell like you're different this week than you yeah. was. And he's meaning it in a good way. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was so happy just to be able to, to have, you know, to have you back in my life that regardless, you know, I'm going to love you no matter what, but it was seriously, it was so amazing to just watch because I was coming to pick you up or visit with you once a week in Anderson while you were in the rehab program. Right. And in between those times, it was almost like it didn't seem like a lot of time had passed in reality. But when we would actually get together, there was definitely it seemed like more time had passed just because of week. how much like development development that I could see was I mean. Everything from words that you were using to the way that you carried yourself to the way that you saw the world, like every it you're was right. Just, because like seriously, like one week I'm wearing earrings, the next week I'm like, why would I ever wear earrings? <laughs> right. <laughs> so at this point, I I did away with the earrings, you know, but I'm still wearing a hat. Two weeks later, I would you couldn't pay me to wear that fucking hat. You know, it was right. like that's how weird this shit was. It was like... It was happening so fast. So dude. fast, dude. It was really weird. Yep. Like, so weird. It, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, whoa. And it, I tell you what it was. It was like, 
a lot of it was like these ego-based perceptions of my own self. Right. Like, seriously, like, that hat looks good on you, Ron. Those earrings make you look tough. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, and once I seen that for what it was, I was like, what the fuck is this? Right. Like, I'm wearing a hat that says Ron C on it. Like, dude, like, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> like, this is stupid. Like, really, really I, stupid. And you couldn't pay me to wear a hat right now if it was to keep the sun out of my eyes. Like, seriously, right. like, I won't wear a hat again. You can't pay me to put an earring in my ear again. Like, that's just, I'm not saying people that wear hats shouldn't wear hats or people that wear earrings shouldn't wear earrings. Right. I'm saying, for me, I, you won't catch me in either one of them things. Right. It was just, it, it was me killing, it was the death of the ego. Right. It was the death of the ego, man. You know, slowly, it was, I was killing that ego away. Yes. But it, it was, it's a neat thing to look back and see. Like, if I, if you, you could probably get on like my Facebook, because it's really funny, because I created a new Facebook when I got out of jail and did this whole thing. These people that have been following me on Facebook have got to watch this evolution from <laughs> the computer or from right, the phone. You know? right, so that's right. pretty that's pretty neat to because this is a weird story. Yeah, it is. It's it's a weird, amazing story. And, and I I don't know how far you want to go with it or if you wanna do you wanna keep going with this story? Sure. Like so do you do you wanna tell people eventually what happened in that program for you? Uh oh yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we yeah, absolutely. That'd be that'd be a good way to pick back up. The the the, the lady did come to evaluate me, and uh, I got accepted into this program. I had to spend almost four more months in jail while I was waiting for a bed to open up. Roughly about three months, regardless. So they end up releasing me to a program where I had to go spend thirty days in this. Um, in this rehab facility, great place. I mean, these these workers there, man, I made some really, really good friends, like lifelong friends that I, I know, people that actually care, like we talked about. You know, there are people that do participate in these systems that really care about people, and I met so many of them uh, at this rehab place. Shout out to all you guys. <laughs> great people, man. Yeah. I, I just spoke to one the other day on, on Facebook. I don't want no smoke, and he'll he'll get that. <laughs> but um, I, I did 30 days there, and then they put me in a halfway house where I had to complete one phase, which roughly takes six months, and then they move you to another phase, and it roughly takes six months. So the, the point is to keep you at this place um, in a stability structure. You work a job while you're there, a, a normal halfway house. So I completed phase one in about six months, got moved over to phase two. Now, mind you, I haven't been sentenced, so I'm still facing three years in prison. I'm just doing this treatment program, and the outcome of how I do is going to affect my sentence. So I know that I could go do a year at this uh, at this program, do really good, and maybe when I go get sentenced, maybe I only get a year in prison. Maybe I don't get no prison. Maybe I just get all probation. That's that's what I'm hoping for, but but I don't try to think about it very often. But I still know in the back of my mind, prison is very possible. Right. My lawyer's just telling me, do good at these programs. So I'm focused on doing good. You know, I, I get to the second phase of the program. And at this point, I, I'm really tight with a lot of people. Um, I've, been try, I've tried to become somewhat of a role model type figure, I guess. Um, I don't like to look at myself at that. But when I think about this story, I, I think that 
that could be how people looked at me. And I say that only because I recently told this story online and I was trying to think about how to word it. And that came to mind. Well, people need to see that one, it's, it's, it's possible. I mean, it's just possible to, to change, to change your life, to change your life completely, to change your life completely. I mean, I think it, it gives people hope to not just see that you could just get off drugs, but you could get off drugs to, to be so passionate and creative sure. and motivated and absolutely it, you know what and i mean drive like, and goals yes. and get shit done man. right yeah absolutely right you know because i was that person right uh, with the spoon cooking dope shooting dope in my arm right you know the scars tell the story so at this point i'm i'm at the second phase of the halfway house and i've been there for a couple months and the, there's another part of this to getting out of uh of of jail into this treatment program, I think it's just another way for them to make money. If you want my honest opinion, they told me that I had to sign this paper, but they wanted to administer me Vivitrol. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's like a once a month shot that counteracts opiates. It also counteracts, um, I want to say, I know it counteracts barbiturates. I don't know if it counteracts benzodiazepine, but I know it counteracts barbiturates, which is also an alcohol. You can't, alcohol is a, bar, is a barbiturate. So you can't drink or you can't do dope because it'll make you sick and it could kill you. But I had no desire to do any of this stuff. Matter of fact, I knew I was done doing drugs when I was a trustee in jail. People were able to get stuff in easier being in the trustee block. You had more access. You're roaming the halls and shit. People got heroin in. People got suboxone in. My bunkie got drugs in multiple times. And I'll never forget, I was asleep on my bottom bunk. My bunkie comes in. And he wakes me up, and he's like, Ron, and he shows me a bag of heroin. He's like, you want to split it? I'm like, man, that's all you. Like, do you? Like, I didn't raise my hand and go tell on this dude. Right. But I didn't want no part of it. Right. You were done. You made I was that done. conscious and that's choice. And that's when I knew. And, you know, at this point, I had been in jail for like nine months. But even there was a, a small part of me when I rolled over to, to close my eyes and not pay him no mind, because I just I didn't want to see him doing it. I wasn't going to stop him from doing it. He's his own He's his own person. He's going to do what he's going to do. Right. And it's not my job to go tell on him. Right. But there was a small part of me that was like, I almost felt like the craving for it immediately because I knew it was there, you know? Right. But I overcame that and was like, no, like, I don't want no part of it. The, the part that's crazy is he, he was one of the night workers. I'm not going to put his info out there too much, but he was one of the night workers. Mm-hmm. And... They kind of caught him like nodding out, so it got like the whole jail searched. Dogs came in. It got the trustee. Actually, a couple of the trustees even got. I think. I think. I don't know if they got fired, but I know they got. I know a few of us got wrote up because they like found contraband, which was like an apple. We're not supposed to have an apple in our cell overnight, oh, and wow. we was all working in trustee block, bringing back eggs and apples and bananas. So at this point, they're just finding shit to write us up for. But my whole point is he got in some trouble that night. So back to what I was saying is I knew I wanted no part of drugs. Right. Because I was able to say no to it multiple times in, in jail. But the whole point was I had to sign to get out on Vivitrol. So when I get out of, uh, of rehab, I go to get this shot that I'm supposed to get administered once a month. And the doctors deny me. And you've been clean how long at this point? About twelve, about thirteen months. So over a year. Over a year, I'd been clean without and, any know, kind of help. Without, yeah, I mean, I had I had been jailed, 
But I know, mean, without like without suboxone or methadone right. or any kind right, of right without suboxone counteracting. Yeah, anything. they don't they don't give you that shit in jail. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, but at this point, I've got like 13 months clean time, gotcha. and most people that get on the on the Vivitrol shot are people that have been off for like a week. So right. like the cravings are still real strong. They right. might have been off for 10 days. I don't. I don't. I think you have to wait a certain amount of days. They won't give it to you if like you're three days clean. You have to wait till most of the certain drug. amount is out of your system. Yeah, so because it can counteract. But the that's the whole point in the shot, you know. And I think there's some good to the the moral of it if it's done right. I don't think, you know, with as with anything, there's good and there's bad. Right. But when I went to get the shot, the doctors denied me. Uh, I had some health issues. That they was like, no, this isn't good for you. I'm counties away from where my probation is, but my probation isn't worried about me because they know I'm in this program. And I say that because when I'm trying to contact my probation to let them know what's going on, like, hey, you know, they won't give me this shot. You need to know this. No one's answering or returning my phone calls. And at that time, my conscious decision was that needed to be something that was spoke to on the phone it was that wasn't that's important information right i'm expecting a phone call back that's not something you just want to call your probation officer and leave a message about right that's something you need to be able when when they come back with a rebuttal you need to be able to explain why this shit's going on right so i'm waiting for a phone call back i probably called seven or eight times and got no phone call so at this point i'm like they're just not worried about me okay right what what other reason would they not Contact you back. Contact me back. Right. right. And also, my other conscious decision was they have access to all my files. So if they need to see, am I getting this shot or not, all they have to do is pull up my file. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't, I, at this point, I thought I was pretty much covered. Right. I've made phone calls. I've left messages. You got my file. What else do I need to tell you? You know what I'm saying? So at this point, I just kept living. I kept going on about my days. So weeks and weeks pass, and um, matter of fact, I had just told this story online. That's what I was getting at earlier. Um, the third song that I had wrote for this album I just released, it was funny, too, how, how it happened. Because, you know, like, the other two songs that I had wrote up to this point, I did when I was at phase one. But my whole point is this is, so I, I get the computer out, and I get, like, I'm like super geek to write this song. Like the <laughs> the other two songs that I wrote, I wrote a song about my daughter and I wrote a song about drug addiction. So I didn't need like a bunch of notes and shit because this stuff was just like un- fresh in the mind. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, it was like yeah, it was on on my mind. So that was like easy material to write about. This other song I'm having an idea about. I'm like I'm gonna take notes. I'm like gonna get online and do some research. Like you know what I'm right. saying. So like it was funny, man. But it was like serious. Right. So, like, I pull out the laptop. You sent me with a laptop. I pull out the laptop. I'm at, like, the kitchen table of this halfway house. There's, like, 30 guys that live here, right? And they all know that I'm on this venture of trying to create new music and shit. And they all support me, so that was cool. But they had never seen me, like, they knew I did shit in the past, but they had never, like, seen me sit down and, like, go hard. And go hard. Now, I'm at the kitchen table with the laptop and, like, Three or four or five notepads all opened up with different, you know, I'm doing research and whether it's on some government conspiracy shit or just some educational topics, I'm like literally, at right. the, I'm at the computer all night. Right. 
but I get this You're dope deep. song wrote. Right. Right. Uh, song song number three on the album, Brighter Days. On frequencies. Yeah. On frequencies. How yeah. great is that? I didn't even mean to do it, but I pit it as song number three, and it was the third song I had wrote for the album. So that's pretty cool. Oh wow. That was an that accident. That is cool. Yeah, yeah, that's an accident. Wow. So I write this song and I and I'm not even gonna lie, like I could tell that something was off. One of the house managers, I swear, my intuition is so strong. I could tell something wasn't right. Right. And at the time I thought maybe he's just looking at me funny because like this looks funny. I'm like at the kitchen table with a laptop and 15 notepads. I probably look half crazy. You know what I'm saying? If, right. Like, you know, I probably look so... For somebody I, that doesn't know you and know how kind of right. obsessed and well, It was the first time that, yeah, I could get obsessive about things. But it was the first time that I had done that at this house. And I had been living right. there for months. So it was right. it was a weird thing. <laughs> but I got this creative spark, bro. Right, right, right. So, because I had made up my mind. I had already had the other two songs written, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. But at this point, I'm, my mind was made up to do some new material, do a new album, do a new project. I think me and you had just spoke about it. And I'd come up with the title Frequencies on the way back to Muncie one day. Okay. I know that's what happened. We had just spoke about this the title. Your car GPS? My car GPS, because we had just turned right, right where that place was where there's like a lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know right, what I'm talking with about? that big puppy painted on the side. Bro, yeah. I, I had the, the vision for, for Frequencies right there. Mind you, this is two years ago. Right. This Frequencies has been manifesting for a long time. But so I, So when I come back from visiting with you, that's when I wrote this song. That's right. when I had the idea. To, we had manifested the idea on the way to your house. So I get back, write the song. That was, which was, was it Save Me? Which, Brighter Days. Brighter Days. Save Me was the second song I wrote. Okay, okay. I wrote that at the other house. I had had that one written and the song about Josie. I had had those written for a couple okay. months at this point. Okay. I don't think I had had the idea for frequencies at this point. When I had the idea for frequencies, I came right back and wrote Brighter Days. <laughs> and this is what's weird is I, I did all this shit, wrote this song. I wake up the next morning. Uh, Dad had just gave me that camera. So I'm like wanting to go get creative. I just got out of the shower, you know, cleaned up, like shaved, all this stuff. And I want to go take pictures. So I'm literally getting dressed to go take some pictures. It was like my day off from work. And one of the house managers knocks on my bedroom door. And he opens it up and he's like, he's like, Ron, he's got like a tear in his eye almost, you know, because me and him are pretty tight. Because before he was house manager, he was like just one of the guys. Right. He was in there to. He was just in there to get help himself. Right. Right. And then they hired him on once he completed. Right. Um, so like me and him was tight already. And uh, he was like, Ron, he's like, dude, they told me to kick you out. Like the powers to be told me to kick you out. Like it's nothing I want to do. I was like, wow. And he couldn't tell me why. You know what I'm saying? And that this like, this is why I said something about the role model thing. Because at this point, I'm thinking to myself, what have I done wrong? Like, I'm a half-ass role model here to people. Like, right? people are looking up to me like, what have I done that deserves being kicked? You know what I'm saying? So at this point, and he's like, oh, and you got a warrant for your arrest. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm about to go take pictures. It's my day off work. <laughs> This is my, this is real. This wow. is my life. Wow. I'm about to go take some cool pictures of like some ladybugs or some shit. He opens the door like, Ron, dude, you are getting kicked out right now. And you have a warrant. 
And getting kicked out means that means you didn't that I complete could, the program. Means that I didn't complete the program. And, and then I could go to prison for three, three years. years of prison. And not only could I go to prison for three years, but these eight or nine months that I've put into this program wouldn't count toward my prison time. Wow. You know, which which is whatever. At least I was right. free, right? Air right. quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still just shows the gravity of the situation. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's bad. He's like, yeah, your probation officer says you got to turn yourself in in the morning. So I'm like, whoa. So now I'm like, okay, not only am I facing prison time, but I'm going to jail tomorrow. Right. I got to go turn myself in. Right. I remember. I went with you. So I'm like, whoa. So at right, this point, right, right. at this point, I think I called my probation officer like, what is going on? Like, why am I being kicked out of this program? You didn't get the shot. Oh, I didn't get the shot that the doctor won't give me. Right. I think I got through to her through another person in the program. At this point, she was so frustrated with me, she wouldn't even speak to me. Right. If I'm not, if I'm recalling the situation right. So at this point, I'm just telling my brother, like, dude, these doctors wouldn't give me this shot. I think I already, you'd already been aware of that at the time anyway. But I'm like, we got to go to this doctor's office and get these, get these papers. Right. That tell her that there were medical reasons they didn't want to give you the shot. shot. And not only did they refuse it, but they refused it multiple times. Like I went back and tried, like, I did what they said, right? you know, but they kept refusing me. So right. I got paperwork. So long story short. And it was never anything because you didn't want, you didn't tell them that you didn't want the shot. I mean, it, right. was, it was all legitimate medical concerns all, on all reasons. All medical concerns. Yeah, they right. said it, would, it could be unhealthy for me. Right. These doctors said this shot can be harmful to your health. Right. They told me this multiple times. No, we're not giving it to you. So that means those doctors actually, like, cared about my health, like a doctor should. Right. So we go get the paperwork. Matter of fact, I was so sure I was going to jail that we recorded that song at your house that night. Right. And then did, like, a live Facebook and showed people the song. That was pretty cool. (laughs) That was cool. Two years later, I released the album. (laughs) (laughs) Three tries later, you know, manif- manifested into something beautiful. Yeah. But, um, worth it. But, but that was beautiful too. Yeah. You know, and I was so like, we got to get this song out, Randy. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, possibly be away for a little while. Like, we got to get this song done. And we did. We, 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 yeah. We got and I remember I was, I was so like, I mean, and, and I respect you immensely for it. You were, I mean, you were just, you were ready. Like, you had, you had in your mind, you know, made up your you'd made up your mind that you know whatever happens was was meant to happen you know and you were at peace with it whereas i'm freaking out a little bit because i'm like i was so excited that we're building the relationship again and then now you know we're we're going to see your probation officer in the morning and and now you might be gone for three years again i just remember i remember having to be at peace with it you know yeah yeah i mean i it, it gave me comfort to see you at comfort so I think I remember having, whether I, I think I told you at one point, but I'm like, you know, if, if I have to go back to prison, I'll just have six hour meditation sessions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that was the way I was comforting myself. Like, you know, okay, well, if you want to throw me back into this system for something that I had no control over, well, this would be my escape. Right. I'll just have these crazy, super long meditation sessions. You can put me somewhere physically. You can contain me physically, right. but not mentally. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, so, you know, that's where I was with it. Right. And at that point, you were still, 
fairly new I was, to meditating. I was fairly but new. But you were you were you were I was going serious fast. With it. Yeah. You were going fast and deep I, fast. I was evolving fast on the meditation. I mean you're and I honestly though, I mean, if you think about like not only were you not flooding your brain with chemicals that were stopping the growth, so you had the natural see basically what happens is once you stop taking drugs over time, your brain kind of plays catch up, right? So it, it, it can't evolve faster. Um, but then you were also meditating, <laughs> which I think for an is hour so healthy every day. for your brain. I mean, it's it's basically yeah. creating pathways and connections in your brain that don't happen naturally if you don't meditate. So not oh, that's only proven, you, yeah, that's proven. Yeah, this is scientific. It grows your brain matter. Yeah. Absolutely, it's absolutely proven. And once you've been meditating for long enough, well, as weird as it might sound, but I'm just speaking my truth and also a truth. You can literally feel that happening at certain times. You know, I mean, of course, you can't explain these in human words or emotions. But you can tell that your brain is doing stuff uh, that it's, that it's, you can tell that your brain is just opening pathways and that, that you've never felt. Right. I can't even get these in words because you can't, literally, you have to just experience it. It's really hard to explain. Well, not only that, but like our culture is so backwards in so many ways. We really don't, and we talked about it a little bit on the pilot podcast, but we don't really give meditation the respect Absolutely that it deserves. Not. I mean, it's been around for so long in so many different cultures and, you know, there's no benefit financially. You know, the West is built, built around profit and materialism and consumerism and there's no, there's nothing, you know, there's no benefit to a corporation you know, there's no benefit to someone that's trying to sell you something when meditation almost teaches you to be the opposite, you know? Sure. It, it teaches you to look inward for answers instead of outward. Right. You know, consumerism is built around the idea of making you feel like less of a person until you buy their product. I mean, and I'm not just saying that's a conspiracy. That's the, that's literally what they do manipulating people in their advertisements they 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 make people feel uh like less of a person if they don't if, get this item if you don't buy their product right. i mean they're literally That's so messed m- up. mind manipulating you absolutely and, and and trying to it's it's like financial propaganda you know what i mean yeah like they they don't have i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine someone that I care about, I couldn't imagine going to them and making them feel bad on purpose in order to try to get them to give me their money. You know right. what I mean? Like I couldn't imagine. I don't, I don't they, want people to feel That's how they bad. do business. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Mm. Because it's effective. You know, the, businesses don't grow and prosper by being humanitarian. Right. They grow and prosper by being effective. And that right there goes right along with America's ran by psychopaths. I mean, you know what I mean? I, right. I almost hate even saying it because I'm like such a positive person. As soon as I say that phrase, I just, I feel weirded out because it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Because for one, I know that's true. America really is ran by psychopaths. But right. it's, such a, it's such a shitty thing to say. You it know is. what I'm saying? But, it really is. But, and so it weirds me out. You know, right. I have a song coming out that's called that. And that weirds me out, too. 
Like right. I'm having a hard time even finishing it because these are hard songs to write. Right. They well, really are. It, it, it's such a hard balance to find peace and awareness. Right. Right. Because you can have peace if you just look inward. Right. You know what I mean? But to have awareness, you have to look out. You have to do the opposite. Right. You know? Yes, absolutely. So unless you can find a place to seclude yourself. A healthy balance. You know, unless you can find a a cave to seclude yourself and find some unlimited supply of food off the grid. Like you have to kind of, and even then you have to be aware. You, you have might to have participate. to only be aware of of, of nature and and bears and and that's and true. Threats. Nature but, can do some crazy shit to yeah. you, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you have to be aware anywhere you go. So if you want to participate in American society, and you have to at least be aware of the system that you're in to an extent. You know, you don't have to be ultimately aware. You don't. You can be ignorantly aware. Sure. You know what I mean. The, 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 the term ignorance is bliss, you know, sounds so cliche, but it's so true because the more you research into topics, the more you start to find how messed up everything is. Right. And that can take a toll. It can. You know, so you've you, got to find a balance. You've got to find a balance. And everyone's different. Everyone has everyone's a different balance. Different. Yeah. You know, everyone's so. different. So, and especially. Especially if you're if you're researching into topics and maybe you've never even thought the world could be different than the way it's been explained to you, either by maybe someone in your religious organization or whatever television and news source you get your information from or your parents or whatever outside influences shape your world once the view. walls of perception come down yeah. shit gets real yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit gets real man it really when does you start seeing it when yeah. that when that illusion is wiped from your eyes yes you know right then it's like whoa now i'm researching jfk operation paper now i have this now shit's just like whoa right like you know <laughs> now you're like whoa right like who was the uh, you know director of NASA? He was from what? Yeah, you know, like now right. you're like, now you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's that just, happened. Yeah, there's so many things that sound like fiction because they, they sound too absurd to be true. Too absurd. Yeah, they sound crazy to say. Yeah, they sound crazy to say. Right. But reality is stranger than fiction. I think a lot of times, and you know, you can always, almost always argue about the motivation behind actions because it's hard to prove motivation. A lot of times you can't argue the action. You can argue the motivation behind the action. So there are actions that a lot of people don't know happened, you know? So the debate a lot of times is what were the motivation behind the actions? Like why did America bring thousands of Nazi scientists Mm. secretly into the government and never really tell people? What's the motivation? (laughs) But what's the motivation? Right. The action is real. The motivation is debatable. You know, motivation motivation is definitely debatable. Obviously, the Holocaust was horrible, and Nazis were uh, just terrible in general. But a lot of people don't know that. I think it's like twenty three people actually were just. There were only twenty three people prosecuted in the Nuremberg trials, Mm. which are the. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, and most people don't know that. Uh, you know, there should have been thousands. 
a lot of the scientists that came over, the, the Nazis really had good programs. Like yeah. they had a lot of intelligent people working for them. They didn't have a lot of ethics and morals behind how they would test their knowledge. Right. You know, but a lot of the people that were in charge of their programs then came over to be in charge of our programs. Of our programs. That's my whole point. And people don't know that, you know. Right. People don't know that. Right. They helped start NASA. Yeah. The head of their vaccine program came to be the head of our vaccine program. Right. Their rocket scientists came over to start NASA, you know. And these are people that directly participated in killing people. You know, and I will say this too. I'm sure that there are plenty of uh, Nazis that um, only participated because they had no choice. Right. You know well, what I mean? It, their only other choice was to die, was and, to they, die. and they were afraid. It's, it's hard, too, because you almost, before you start really looking into topics that are, um, that get really dark, uh, you almost want to have emotional control. Yes. Uh, because if you're not emotionally stable, they can, re- I mean, even if you have emotional control, they can take a toll. You still have to take a break. You still have to separate research from reality. You still want to, you still want to appreciate life because it's, it's, it's hard for some people. Everyone's different, you know, but it, I'm sure it's hard for some people to, to research. And then it just stays in the forefront of their mind. So then the world becomes this dark place. But the thing that you have to remember is even though the system does promote psychopath. Right. I mean, I mean, it really does. It really does. There's still the vast minority. Like there's so many more good people in the world. So many, more you know what I'm people. saying? So absolutely. Like, no matter what you have to keep that in the back of your mind, like yeah. people overwhelmingly are loving and peaceful and don't want to harm others. But now with, you know, technology and the internet, people are being made aware that there's so many just great people out there. Yes. You know, yes. and that's scaring the government. A peaceful society does not benefit our government the way no. that this system's set up. No. You know, that's that's the last unfortunately, my belief is that's the last thing they want. A peaceful society does not promote war. No. No. You know, our no. government wants war. Right. Well, the government They is... stand for that. Yeah. Billions of dollars for war. Yeah. Well, there are people that have influence over the government, if they're not directly involved with the government, that profit from both sides of war. They're shooting each other with guns made by the same companies. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) They're shooting missiles with missile. You know, these missiles are made by these same mega corporations. They're borrowing money from the same banks to buy the weapons made by the same companies. And then there's and then it goes some, deep, man. Well, and then sometimes the same people that's tearing these countries down are the same ones that's making money from the rebuilding yeah. of them. Halliburton Cheney's company, exactly. man. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's it just it runs deep, man. You know, a large part of the society is we're not standing for that shit no more. Yeah. You know, and people was talking about it and as much as this podcast is to make people aware. This podcast is also just to promote peace and to yeah. promote love and to right. promote great ideas. Right. You know, there are people out there that, like you just said, that just want peace. Yeah. You know, most but you people. have to, but you have to be aware for that yeah. to happen. Like, right. 
like you said, it's the internet's connecting people. I'm not knocking on on anyone. So I, I may sound opinionated and like, I never want to sound like I'm talking down about any group or down to any person or think that my opinion is the right opinion. You know, I'm, I, I, I try to take in new information and reform my opinion all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but the internet, the, the military used to, and still does basically dehumanize the enemy because people have a natural instinct to protect others, not harm them. So the first thing that they have to do is to train people how to see the enemy as less than human, you know, and it's hard to do that when you can now talk to those people. And like you said, that's what the internet's done. You know, that's, that allows you now, right. you know, before they, they could totally cut off that communication right. possibility. Paint whatever picture they want. Paint whatever picture they want. Now you can get online and send out emails and talk to right. people that you're, that are living in those countries and, and have video chats. And, right. you know, it's, it's, Shit's it's changing. a lot, it's a lot harder to manipulate the minds of people into fighting wars for profit. Right. You know? Right. So, I mean, that's a good thing, you know, that's a really good thing. So anyway, this it's organic. The great thing about an organic podcast is you never know where it could go. Never know. We could be talking about one thing and then five minutes later, we're talking about Nazis running NASA. So, right. (laughs) You you just have to love it, man. You know, you have to love it. Not that I want to, not that I want to rush off the podcast. But was there anywhere else that we wanted to go with the the story of of writing that third song and finishing anything? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll finish that story real okay. quick because um, I was at the I was at the climax. Uh, yeah, sorry, I got us off on a tangent. No, you're good, man. That's what we do. That's you know we're natural, oh, organic. Natural. So <laughs> at this point, like um, we get the paperwork from my doctor, and and I go see my probation officer that next morning. And um, and I explained to her like, hey, you know, this is here's the paperwork of this doctor saying. I told him no this time, this time, this time, and here's me telling her like, hey, I called you this time, this time, this time, this time, and she heard me. I didn't, you know, it was, but how can you almost not? I got paperwork, so you, I mean, right. you have to see it for what it is. I could understand uh, where she was coming from, but I also was happy she could understand my perspective as well. Um, my probation officer did say, but uh, you're going to have this active warrant. Oh, this is, this is where it got really weird. I forgot this even happened. So I'm like literally in front of my probation and they're like, well, I issued you a warrant yesterday, but the person that processes the warrants hasn't processed it yet. Otherwise I'd be going to jail right then. Right. But they couldn't legally take me because my warrant hadn't been processed. Wow. Oh, yeah. And she checked. Like They were aware that the warrant was going to exist. It just wasn't officially on the books yet. Yeah. They brought up, she brought up the computer. She's the one that signed the warrant. She's like, because she's checking the computer. Because if I had a warrant, she was going to call in an officer and have me arrested right there. Right. You see what I'm saying? So she's checking the computer and she's like, well, your warrant hasn't been processed, but get this shot because the doctors here in Muncie will give it to you. Right. So get this shot, come back and see me and I'll, I'll clear your warrant. Okay. 
So I go get the shot. Right. The doctors don't deny me here. I'm not saying they're not worried about my health issue, but it sure didn't seem like they, like they was. Right. The other doctor was like, no, we can't give it to you. Right. I mean, there was a difference, and you're just saying that that difference existed. There was a difference. Know? There was right. definitely a difference. Right. There was definitely a different approach, too, by both um, doctors' offices. Not, not my probation had nothing to do with this. This is all. I mean, I'm. She did as far as telling me to go get it, but as far as the doctors that administered it, one took one approach, and one took a different approach. It was really strange. So I got the shot, stayed on it for 16 months, completed it. Fucking been done with the shot for a couple months now. Wow. Finally, a year and a half later. You know. <laughs> a lot of cool shit's happening. That oh, year and dude, a half so me. much has happened. So much. I tell you, though, uh, yeah. And Frequencies was released on what day? Frequencies was released. Do you remember off top of your head? Last month on like the 7th or the 12th. Okay. So it hasn't even been out for about a month, maybe. But it's on. It's on all streaming services. All streaming it's services. on. I don't even it's know. It's on what, Kalamazoo. It's on. I don't even know what Kalamazoo is. And it really is on like. It's these, on. Yeah. It's so weird uh, seeing all these different streaming services that you never heard of because there's like 827 of them or something. So I would definitely say that some of those streaming services don't even get streamed. Right. They just have some weird names. So, like, I got my... That's the cool thing is, like, my music is on places that no one even go look for music, bro. Right. <laughs> but it's also, like, on but all the there. big shit. Yeah. You know, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, Amazon. Let's say Spotify. Uh, all that shit. Weezer. Uh, Google. Title. Title. YouTube. Title's the one that Jay-Z owns, right? Title. Because they got in trouble uh, last year or the year before for... Padding Beyonce's. Oh, stats. really? Yeah, they got caught padding Beyonce's stats. Oh, wow. Imagine that. Oh, I did hear about that, actually. Yeah. That's funny. Imagine I, that. Right. You know, and that's why another reason I don't vote, because if, if they don't like the outcome of my vote, they just fucking change it. Yeah. I mean, it's there's not been people that's went into the courtroom that worked for the voting people that said, hey, these voting machines are rigged <laughs> yeah literally flipping votes literally i mean but under know, oath who am i to say computer programmers who am i to say testifying right testifying. you know but you know hey that's just kind of funny to me so it's like right. well the, the 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 voting machines are made by these same mega corporations that are run by psychopaths so dude you know it's a really weird system you know the there's a part of me that also does realize hey I'm sitting in this box. No one's bothering me. Right. Like, I pretty much live in a completely, you're the same. Yeah. This is why, I, yeah. like, I love this. Because, like, we do. We've got, we've got these boxes, and we live in them, and we exist in our own little worlds. Right. We see people every now and then. If I go to the gym, I see some humans. If I go to the store, I see some humans. I do that buying and selling online to make a living stuff. So I see some humans when I have to meet people. But other than that, like, I don't see humans. Right. I mean, very often, you know. I right. Just, yeah. I'm I, the same. I like, keep myself busy in my own little world, you know. Right. It's pretty cool. It, it's a, it's almost like a flow state, you know, once you get it in. It is a flow state. Once you get into the zone. Yeah. It, it's. 
You just don't have time for bullshit. Right. That's all it is. I've just, right. I've just cut out bullshit. I don't, right. I don't have time for entertainment. I don't care for sports. I don't, I don't need to be entertained. I'm so focused on these creative goals that that is my entertainment. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not saying entertainment's bad. Entertainment's cool shit. Right. But it's also, it's also to keep you entertained from doing other shit. Right. Like being creative. Right. Uh, doing podcasts. Right. You can't do a podcast if we're watching Netflix all night. Right. You just, you can't do it. You know, like. And, and, and I think that there's a difference between, and I'm not judging. I'm not. I, I've spent a big chunk of my adult life I'm not being entertained. I'm not. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I think there's a difference between. Yeah, me too. There's. I think there's a difference between mindless entertainment and mindful entertainment. Sure. So, I think there's entertainment that is just there to entertain and sure. or make money for whoever's involved in the production. Sure. And then I think there's entertainment. That's mindful. Sure. That's there with a purpose. Absolutely. And, you know, if you want to participate in the system in any way, like if you want to have a box to live in, if you want to be able to to buy food, if you want to be able to have clothes, if you want to go on vacations, like, you know, these things take money. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to make money, but there's a difference between entertainment that serves no purpose other than to occupy time versus entertainment that that you can learn something from. Sure. You know what I mean? Which I, in my opinion, sorry to keep plugging the projects, but I feel like that's basically what these projects do, you know? Absolutely. Hopefully can bring in some money because obviously we do want to participate in the system to an extent. Right. You know, we don't want to be motivated by greed. You don't want every aspect of your life to be controlled by but we have to have a box but yeah yeah we want we want to participate and just because you see the flaws in the system doesn't mean that you hate the system or doesn't mean that you hate anyone that participates in the system it just means that once you see the flaws in yourself once you you cut the bullshit out of yourself you just start seeing it it's like that's just how it is yeah and it's like people don't notice it because they don't Right, they don't see it in themselves. Yeah, it's not that we're seeking the flaws in the system. No, it's, honestly, you're, they I slap like, you in the face, bro. I like the way that I like the way because that is a truth. If I go to the gym, I can tell who's on bullshit. My, I have pretty strong intuition too, but I can just tell. Like, I, my brain is seeking out bullshit to avoid. Right. It's like it's almost like a superpower. Right. It's hard for me to completely let loose in places where there's a large amount of people because I'm always fine. Even subconsciously, I just find that I'm always trying to keep track of what's going on in different places. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to be and extra aware. Not because I'm paranoid, but I just like to know, you know, I just find myself subconsciously, if <laughs> I have a choice sitting in the corner of a room and just being able to see an entrance and an exit at all times and, if somebody's loud and obnoxious, just subconsciously keeping tabs on what they're doing. And I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just I like, know exactly what you mean. It yeah. makes me think of something I told you two years ago when I was going through all the mind changes that we spoke about. I was working at this plastic factory. Oh, yes. Do you remember yes. that? I was telling yes. you about this? And you so were I'm, looking up at the... Yes, yeah. thank you. Yes. So, like, I'm, 
Thank you for remembering that. Yeah. So, like, I'm working at this plastic factory, these crazy 12-hour shifts. I, I did enjoy the fact that it was, like, work two days, get three days off. Work right. three days, two, two days off. So, it was that was the cool part of it. But 12-hour shift, that's for the birds, man. Right. Like, I, I did 12-hour shifts recently again here in this county. Never again. Like, it got to the point where I was making a lot of money. And then... I would spend it all in a week, and I I would say, how did I just spend eight hundred dollars? Like I don't even have one thing to show for it. What right. do I do buy five hundred coffees? Like seriously, it was, and that was a realization. Like what the, that's a whole other story. So I'm at this plastic factory, busting my butt for like, it was it's modern day slave labor shit, crazy. Right. But I was peaceful about it. As a matter of fact, I was so peaceful about it, I had notepads and I was taking notes for songs I was working on and shit. As a matter of fact, some of the uh, lines from almost every song on this album come from me working in this plastic factory. Hmm. I forgot about that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I, this is how aware that I was becoming. And it was like a gradual, it was like, this is how you, this is how you know your brain grows literally and evolves. It's just, I never gave my brain time to, be conscious because I was unconscious because of drugs. Literally, I was zombie-like on right. drugs. Drugs are, these drugs I'm talking about are bad, like really. And I was made aware of this real quick once I stopped taking them. But I was at this plastic factory and I'm just looking up and I'm looking at the designs and I'm noticing that I'm I'm looking at shit that I would never pay attention to. Kind of like I was saying earlier, like people might see me out and I'm the guy looking at the trees. But really, I'm just like being aware of everything. I'm right. noticing shit people don't notice. Right. I'm looking in places people don't look. You know. Right. And that's what I was noticing at this factory. <laughs> like, I'm I'm like looking in places people don't look. I'm seeing how shit's being. Oh, it was just weird. It was a weird realization. But I remember telling you about it because right. I was like, how pieces come together and like yeah, patterns. And, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. how these things were being formed, like the way they were built. Like I'm just breaking shit down in a way that I had never right I'm seeing the world different right that's that's what I was realizing it, just listening to you talk about it like that kind of reminds me of how kind of like I hear music now that we've been involved so long with making music and it's a blessing and a curse to an extent because like when you hear once you spend a lot of time making music you hear it differently because you hear all the layers right you know you hear the all the different instruments and all the panning and and so I can definitely let let that go and and try not to be consciously aware of it and just try to appreciate you know a sound or a song for what it is but you do you become aware you know once you become aware of something it changes your perspective of it and so anyway that's what that reminded me of when you were talking about just like becoming aware of stuff like once you start breaking down and analyzing just anything like you just you just become more aware, more aware, you know, more aware of everything, everything. I think that's a great way to wrap it up, bro. Just are you aware? That's perfect. Plus, my legs are killing me. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I'm over here rubbing my. I don't legs even know how much longer this device uh, has to record. It that's like another thing too. Is I, I'm hoping it's the computer's off. Uh, it's just the screen. Okay, it does that. Cool. Yeah, I think it's just the screen. So yeah, like I was telling my brother before we started, like I've been working so much at my computer the past couple weeks that my legs have become sore so i've been standing for like three days working at the computer this level of focus 
is very challenging. A lot of people probably uh, would lose their minds. I lose my mind almost every night, but I, <laughs> I gain it back real quick. Seriously, this level of focus is really, really, it's really tough, man. But I'm getting shit done, man. Right. Uh, oh, uh, I don't even think we mentioned the one album. the uh... Enlightened Music Volume 1 on all streaming services. Yeah. The Awakening is what it's called. Enlightened Music Volume 1, The Awakening. And that's... Uh... And that's, that's good vibe instrumental, instrumental music. Good vibe instrumentals. Yep. Volume yeah. 2 comes out the end of next month-ish. Ish. Oh, yeah, we did mention it. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. Good Vibes Session 1. Good Vibes Sessions Volume 1 comes out in just a few days. I'm finishing it up right now. The, it's actually finished, but I'm are, finishing like the mastering on it and stuff. Are you still doing the two exclusives on that one? Two exclusives are going to be on that, so... That's going to be one of the cool things about that album is the only place you'll get these two instrumentals will be on that album. The other 10 beats instrumentals on that album will be on my instrumental store, but there will be two exclusive ones. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So that's coming soon. And then, um, like I said, next month, volume two, Enlightened Music, volume two, and it's called The Sound of Love. And that's going to be good vibe instrumental music. Frequencies is, is available right now. Enlightened music frequencies on all streaming services. Yeah. Even those crazy wacka da damn ones. Yeah. And and we actually just got a new uh, domain name, areyouaware.info. Dot info. So that's, I think we want to make that like the hub for everything, all the different projects. So if for uh, some reason you couldn't remember the name for the instrumental page, which is Enlightened Instrumentals. So uh, you could go to areyouaware.info. Um, info. Since I think we are going to change the name of the podcast to Are You Aware as Are You well. Aware, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that can be the podcast hub. Can uh, We talked about doing, um, at least for a few episodes, uh, limited edition T-shirts. Yes, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, so we'll make the first one available. Yeah, we'll make the first one available. Uh, I don't know exactly what day this podcast will go up. the The website was registered yesterday, um, and we can put all of the t shirt information on there too. But the idea is, uh, maybe we can have a limited edition t shirt for every episode. So for episode one, we would have the limited edition t shirt about how the music releases uh, the dopamine. Uh, it's got a little graphic on it as well. Uh, you'll be able to see a picture of that on the areyouaware.info website. And then that t-shirt will run until we do the next podcast, theoretically. This is the idea behind it. Um, and then on the next podcast, we would have another Are You Aware uh, information saying and, and they run for the, two weeks, and the yeah. idea is we have to sell five for yeah, the company so, to print it. Yes, exactly. Thanks for reminding me. So with the company that we're doing these for, ultimately, I think it would be nice to have a, a T-shirt shop that would stay up. Right. You know? Right, right, right. But Once we invest once our we, own money. But right now— Once we invest our own money, once we have some a, a lot of T-shirt designs that, you know, stick. we could offer. Yeah. But— but for now, just to, one, see how much interest they have. And so we don't have to put a bunch of money into something that maybe people aren't really interested in yet. Uh, the idea behind these T-shirts is uh, we, after we sold five, 
in that two week period, then they, they then they do the production. So if if you wanted a T-shirt and we only sold four, honestly, I'd probably buy the fifth one, just because. But let's just pretend I didn't buy the fifth one. All four of those people that wanted the shirt and invested, they would get their money back after after that two week period. Right. The, the company would refund their money. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And that you know, that's the thing with the the t shirts. It's just another way to help this podcast grow. Right. Right. Ultimately. Yeah. Because ultimately, I th- I feel like we're both pretty creative, but we uh, we don't see a lot of return. On from the crea- monetarily from right. the amount of money that it takes as to of, create as of right now that's and honestly the absolute truth that's okay because my ultimate goal in in life isn't to be rich no. but it is i would like to be self-sufficient at some point right but it would just be nice to be able to at least have your hobby and your passion pay for itself so that'd be cool so, yeah regardless regardless my hobby brings me peace right you know absolutely so that's great that's yeah. great uh, and, and and I don't ever want to do any product, whether it's a physical or digital product that I don't feel has a positive influence and pure intention. or at least raise aware, raise awareness in some way. And, that, and so that that's is- why I love like these limited edition T-shirt things, because I feel like, you know, uh, with the aware sayings that are on them. It's it's got a pure it helps intention grow the consciousness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely. Absolutely. Raise raise the consciousness, man. That's what it's all about. Because once again, as Tesla said, peace cannot happen until there's just a natural consequence of, you know, universal enlightenment. Yes. And what other way for people to, you know, get a taste of awareness? Right. At this point, I need some coffee. My <laughs> yeah, legs are all, I'm, both all, I'm, out all I'm thinking about is my legs are pounded. Yeah. Like my legs need aspirin. But um, <laughs> seriously, man, I think I, I think I got a bruise. No, but um, yeah, at this point, I'm going to get some coffee and I'm going to stand up and finish this song, which also reminds me, shoot, oh, I poked yeah. the mic. Uh, I'm releasing a new song single. I poked the mic again. I did not mean to do that. I could be a little sleep deprived. He, he, he prefers to be called Michael. Really? Yeah. Oh, my Lanta. So, <laughs> at this point, I am sleep deprived. But this is the focus that I was saying, man. Right. Is I'm gonna finish this damn song before I go take a nap, <laughs> and then I'm gonna take a nap. But um, no, really, seriously. Single. Single. Thank you. The single is called "Thinking About You." Thinking about you. But it's it's pretty cool. It is uh, it is a good one. I do like it. It is as a good matter one. of fact. If, to if, anyone if he's that real heard, lucky, if anybody's real lucky, Ron may edit a little piece on at the end of this podcast just ooh, for people that listened all the way through. If well, he wants to, that's his choice. I will. I'll put a couple seconds at the end. Here's the cool thing though: is that is the beat instrumental air quote that we used for the pilot. Remember? I so that's pretty cool because that now is cool. Now by episode one, well. I, I just recorded that song and I'm almost done mixing and mastering it and it sounds amazing. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds really it sounds really good. It sounds really, really good. Yeah, it like it sounds damn it, it sounds good. I I'm know. not even gonna lie. Like I'm really proud of this one. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. You should be and it's got like one. and I really like the storyline behind it. 
at this point, I gotta I gotta stand up. And at that point, man, yeah. peace, yeah. love. August eighth, twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, and I'm uh, performing a couple songs. Uh, what is the? Oh thing? yeah, I forgot we about that. We gotta put that at the beginning. Uh, we gotta edit that in. Yeah. Too. Well, I think that'd be cool to say while I'm just halfway standing. No, yeah. So, so sad. What what is this month? August. August. <laughs> <laughs> The 17th. August 17th. Be here now. Afro Man. Uh, Ron will be there doing uh, 2.22 songs. It is going to be 2.2 songs. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. All right, man. On this note, for other women, I have no interest. Patiently waiting for you. For you, I'd wait for centuries. Anxiously taking the steps to manifest this love into existence. Make a wish the universe shall come to my assistance. For years we've been apart, but love is not measured by distance. Our souls are inseparable, hence the path of my persistence. My soul has been crying for you a lot lately. A part of me's missing. You have my heart, don't say you lost the key. Should I stop reminiscing? Years ago you had to leave me, and I get it. We were just kids, but believe me when I say that I still miss you. They say that true soulmates always catch up once they've ascended. I know you're rescinding. Good luck to you in your ascension. I miss you. Lifetime of next for you, I'll be waiting.